You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Actually, it's the, it's the lead play in our, in our offense. Tell the tackle to take the defensive end if he's over him. If he's not, he drive down on the first man who is inside. Pull back, we tell him to take the first man outside the offensive tackle. No one shows. He goes right by this and feels inside. If the YN has the linebacker taken out, he cuts inside. If the YN has the linebacker in, he comes all the way around. If you look at this play, what we're trying to get is a seal here and a seal here and try to run this play in the alley. All right, what's up, guys? Welcome to Packers Total Access. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. If you'd like to text the show, you can send a message to 865-658-5824. I think that's right. Is that right, Jacob? Check your notes real quick, man. I think that's right. <laughs> <laughs> we are a well-old machine here. Um, hope everybody's doing good tonight. We're live on YouTube and Twitter. Appreciate everybody jumping in, man. It's already filling up fast. You guys are absolutely awesome. We got a cool show uh, tonight, Jacob. We're going to have Mr. Paul Brettel on it. If everything goes as planned, uh, Paul Brettel is going to hop on. You guys know he's a uh, awesome uh, awesome guy there on the beat in Green Bay. You know, does uh, work with uh, Packers Wire, contributor there. And then, obviously, you can find him on Twitter at Paul underscore Brettel. He's going to just kind of jump into the show and, and give us some camp updates and uh, and kind of go from there. But before we have him on, Jacob, um, what stood out to you today, man? I was uh, I was kind of looking around, dude. There was some good stuff going on at camp today, and it sounds like a few people took a step back. That's totally cool. You're gonna ha- it's gonna happen during camp, but uh, a lot of good stuff out there, right? Yeah, I mean, all in all, I don't think it's um, a bad day. It is definitely a little discouraging when you look at certain individual players, like you talked about. Um, we don't have to necessarily jump right into that right away. What I will say. Um, love looking okay again, looking smart with the ball, which is always great to see and hear. Um, seeing a little bit of a mix up at offensive line, which again, if if we want, we can dive right into it. But um, I don't know what to think about that. I will say the one thing I'm starting. <laughs> yeah, I was to get, the same way, man. <laughs> the one thing I'm starting to get a little nervous about, and I'll admit it. I think I said it before: is the special team situation. Um, just it, it's starting to feel a little freaky. Um, I think on the bottom scrolling uh, ticker there, right? It says something about Anders and um, his mm-hmm. success. Or it, it was weird. It was one of those days where I believe, what did he go about? Like five for eight or something along those lines. But he missed a couple easy ones. And he apparently he absolutely just booted like a 50 some odd yarder that they said could have been good from 70. So what a mm-hmm. weird, you know, dynamic there. Um, not really quite sure what to think about it. 
everything down from the holder again to the the snapper to the kicker to now the punter with um you know O'Donnell I'm I'm been confident in but it's there's that new guy what's his name Daniel something or another he's apparently been booting it like crazy so I guess it's a good problem to have to have competition <laughs> but um did you see elevated shine no yeah. Brian's night Brian <laughs> yeah, did, you, to, did you listen to, to the episode this morning I was laughing <laughs> oh yeah no doubt man no doubt all right we got Paul coming on right now so uh Paul I'm sure you can hear us we're gonna go to you right now bro we are live so let's uh let's go ahead and bring in Mr. Paul Brettle, the man, the myth, the legend. Hey, How you doing, buddy? I'm good. I appreciate you guys having me. No, man, it's our pleasure. It's our pleasure. We've been following you on Twitter and and getting your camp updates, and you just done a appreciate phenomenal that. job. Uh, obviously, man, I've uh I've been digging into a little bit of your work too. You know, you wrote on the on the uh, Dairyland Express today, I believe it was. You know, talking about Zach Tom, and I was like, man, I got to see if we can get Paul on here to uh, just kind of dive into that stuff because that's been one of the topics here today, Paul, you know, uh, just talking about offensive line. And, you know, I've been one that's like, I would like to see Zach Tom at center just to see what he could do. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's just kind of take it from the top though. We'll get to Zach Tom here in a minute. Let's get to the important stuff first. Um, How was How has Jordan love looked in camp, Paul, to you? We've heard everyone's uh, you know, I don't know, everyone's opinion, I guess you could say. And it seems like everyone's is a little bit different, but nothing mm-hmm. is too high, nothing is too low. What's what's your take on, on Jordan Love so far in camp, man? That's kind of where I'm at. It's been up and down, which I think we all expect. I know there were those clips yesterday of that beautiful throw to Christian Watson that uh, beautifully plays ball to Jaden Reed. That wasn't caught, but just a really, really nice throw. But there were also some, you know, potentially, or there were some dropped interceptions. There was one that hit Quay Walker right between the numbers as well. So even with the, the, the really good plays, there's still the, the inconsistencies that are coming And Matt LaFleur has talked about this in regards to Jordan Love going back to off season programs that it's about the process. That's what they're focused on right now with the thought process being that, if that process is done correctly and consistently enough, the results are going to follow. So what does LeFleur mean by that? It means getting it in and out of the huddle efficiently, having a good base in the pocket, good footwork, going through your progressions, uh, throwing in rhythm, throwing on time from a mechanic standpoint, being accurate. And so right now that's where the emphasis is for love, for Tom Clements, for Matt LeFleur, and making sure that the process is done right. And I think through offseason programs and, you know, these first six practices in training camp that have been taking place, I feel like we're seeing that take place more consistently, but there are still, you know, ups and downs again, as expected that, that he's working through as a first time starting quarterback. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's exciting, man. I, I mm-hmm. it's just been so long, Paul, since we've, you know, had this kind of feeling and some people are going, yeah, tell me about it. I'm nervous. And I understand that, <laughs> but it's just, uh, I don't know, man, it, I got, I got so tired of, uh, of going into a game going, man, I hope we win this game rather than, or I'm I'm sorry, I hope we don't lose this game rather than, you know, let's go out and win this game. You know, it just, it just kind of got to where it felt like that. Like anything less than 13 wins, you know, you're like, Mm -hmm. man, this is a a bummer of a season, right? You know, we're we're somewhat spoiled in that regard, but I know one of the big targets for Jordan Love is, is obviously going to be Christian Watson. Let's see if he can build on that sophomore year. Kind of what's your, uh, what's your take on Christian Watson so far in camp? He's looked really good, and Matt LaFleur has, has uh, said it best that he's playing with just a different level of confidence, and I think that comes from being just a year in 
the NFL, a year in the Matt LaFleur system. Romeo Dobbs, I, I spoke to him in the locker room. He said he's feeling the same thing. He said he's playing a lot faster. And that's what you hope happens in year two, not just for Dobbs and Watson at receiver, but you know, for all those guys. We often hear about that year two leap that a lot of successful NFL players make. And, you know, from a statistical standpoint, year two is often a big jumping off point for receivers from a, a production standpoint in terms of their contributions to the team. So those two are, are obviously going to be big parts of it. And for Watson, I, I wrote about this earlier today. We think about his speed. We think about his vertical presence on the boundary. But Matt LaFleur said he's one of the smartest players he's been around, uh, especially in the in the receiver room with his ability to move around the formation. And I didn't realize this until I dug into the stats after the season, but about a third of Watson's targets last year came from lined up in the slot. And yeah. when you have that size that he has there, that speed that he has, he's just a matchup problem. And so yeah. we're going to see him moved around the formation. Uh, that big play that uh, during practice on Monday, you know, in part, that was a product of pre-snap motion. They moved him around and got him matched up within his gains. That's what you're hoping to do yeah. by moving guys around before the snap so you can get those favorable matchups, which Gaines did, you know, all, all he could on that play. But again, that's a matchup Watson's going to win, you know, pretty much every single time. So that's what that pre-snap motion does. And the receiver position as a whole, they have that versatility, that ability to move around. And what that does is gives Matt LaFleur, we've heard him talk about the illusion of complexity, keeping defenses off balance. When you have versatile guys who can move around, it allows you to run a variety of plays from just a few personnel packages. Yeah. So defenses aren't able to substitute out to get, you know, to match up how they want to. And it creates those mismatch opportunities. So we're going to see Watson moved around the formation. Matt LaFleur said uh, back in March, I believe as well, that in addition to taking on a larger role, just from more targets, more snaps, he's going to be asked to run a, 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 a wider variety of routes as well. So he's going to be asked to do it all this year. And early returns, you know, suggest that he's very much up for it. Absolutely. Love it. And, and, you know, even when you just talk about the shift aspect of the offense, not necessarily snapping with the player in motion, just that shift can really cause chaos. I mean, it really can. You know, when you've got a team going in and, and, and especially if they've watched the two or three game saturation of film on Green Bay and go, okay, here's what they're doing with Watson. And then he comes out the next game and he's in, whether it's the slot or the Z and they're using motion, it's so hard, especially with the zone defense to get those guys, get those matchups that they want. Um, it's exciting, man. It really is. And, and you throw in Jaden Reed. I, I, I don't even know if you can answer this question. I don't know if anybody can answer. I don't know if Matt LaFleur can answer this question, but just the vibe you get on the sidelines there at, at, at training camp. Do you feel like Jaden Reed's picking up this offense pretty good? Yeah, absolutely. He's been, you know, if I was building out the Packers depth chart right now, receiver, I would have him as number three behind Watson and Dobbs or the first option in the slot. He's going to be a big part of this, this Packers offense. And, you know, the, just watching him, his speed, his burst is so sudden. I think his official 40 time was like four, 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 one, mm -hmm. but John Eric Sullivan Packers, uh, vice president of player personnel said that during the pre-draft process, they clocked him at four, three, seven. Nice. So, Christian Watson ran a four three six to put that into a bit of perspective in terms of what he can do. And, you know, he's someone else. He, a lot of his career at Michigan state was spent playing out on the boundary. Yeah. Most of his time here in green Bay so far has been in the slot, which 
shouldn't come as a surprise because they're going through their installs right now. The further we get into camp and into the season, we'll start seeing these guys moved around more. But Matt LaFleur has also said it's it's a balancing act with young players in terms of making sure that they can handle specific responsibilities and be uh, successful in a certain role before you begin putting too much on their plate. So for Jaden Reed, it's about finding that consistent success in the slot. And then I think we're going to start seeing him get some more boundary snaps. And this, again, this might be into the season, not in the next couple of weeks of training camp, but more boundary snaps moving around. Uh, He's also been utilized in uh, kind of that gadget-like role in terms of end arounds, jet sweeps in that capacity. And that's a role that I think this season with Jordan Love at quarterback is going to take a little bit more of a prominent role Mm -hmm. than what we've seen in the past. You know, the Packers have tried to fill it here and there. There was Tyler Irvin. Uh, there was the Tavon Austin edition who got a few snaps like that. But I think that's a role that could, you know, see some more opportunities this year. And the two guys filling it for the most part with the starting unit has either been uh, Jaden Reed or Tyler Goodson, the running back. Nice, nice. Yeah, and, and I know on this podcast specifically, we've got a lot of Tyler Goodson fans for sure. <laughs> they want to see him make that. And it's every every time they mention Swerving Irvin, every time they're like, you know, he could be our Swerving Irvin, right? Um, when it when it comes to Jaden Reed and kind of like what you were talking about with Matt Lafleur, you know, it's it's how quick can he pick up those choice routes, right? And and Matt kind of mentioned that in his presser. And it's going to be huge. It really is. When you can when you can tag one or two choice routes into a concept, um, man, it's good luck on defense. You know, good freaking luck. Um, Jacob, you got a question for Paul here before I dive into my other two? I actually I have one random question, and I know Ryan and <laughs> yeah. uh, the audience will laugh because, of course, I'm going to pick this question. Um, I recently saw that you – highlighted a guy named Andre Miller that the Packers just picked up. He's kind of that wide receiver mm-hmm. tight end hybrid. Now what's interesting about him, I didn't know this until I'm, I'm literally just cheating. I'm looking right here at your post. 6'3", 234, RAS of 9.6. So right away, Ooh. right there, and then you look down, 104 career receptions, 17.7 yards per catch, 14 touchdowns, 70% boundary snaps, and 30% from the slot. But here's the big thing that, that jumps out to me, 80.6 run blocking grade in 2021 now randomly that's a guy that i can see making this team taking over let's say god forbid tyler davis or (laughs) a wide receiver six or wide receiver seven Uh, i watched a a great video by boz earlier today where he kind of thinks that uh bo melton could sneakily be working his way up that chain as a wide receiver six if we were to keep a seventh or have maybe a shakeup um with a tyler davis is there a way you actually see this andre miller getting on the team or is he just a camp guy uh, an extra body what do you what are your thoughts on that i mean it's it was his first day here in green bay so if i had to guess right now yeah. it's for depth because yeah. grant debose is on the non-football injury list dontavian wicks has been out since last thursday uh with a concussion so just in terms of bodies at the receiver position they're a little thin but everything that you mentioned there about andre miller like that checks every box that the packers look for at receiver Big bodied, super athletic, can play inside and out, and can hold his own as a run blocker. Like that's like that's it. That's the criteria to be a, a Packers receiver. So I'm guessing this is for depth for camp right now. Uh, he's someone again who checks a lot of those boxes. And he was a receiver at Maine while in college. He was with the New York Giants this offseason uh, prior to joining the Packers, and they had moved him to tight end. Again, probably because that size, that that willingness as a blocker. But right now, I see him as a as a camp body, uh, and then he'll have to you know prove from there that he can be more than that. Uh, 
one other name at the receiver position. I know everyone's uh, mentioned him as well as Malik Heath. You know, he's made, made some steady plays. He has to continue to do that now with the pads are on, but he's someone that could push for it. I thought Bo Melton, I, he had a really nice uh, catch today from Danny Etling was someone who could potentially fill that gadget like role we were just talking about. I think he ran a four, three, four, four, three, five coming out of Rutgers last year. Uh, just a ton of speed, and this offense as a whole has uh, just a lot more speed than what it has in past years. Absolutely, gosh, it's it's exciting, man. Bo Melton, uh, I've seen I've seen his name mentioned a lot here lately, and I'm going. And I, I don't. It's almost like Michael Scott in the office. I'm ready to get hurt again. I'm ready to be hurt. Again. <laughs> yeah. You know they're not going to make the roster, right? It's like go ahead. One 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 other thing I want to mention because uh, Jacob, you had brought up Tyler Davis. <laughs> He's been really really steady as a blocker. <sighs> Right here, right here, Jacob. There was a, a a rep from or two reps from uh, I think it was Saturday's practice where he was going up against Lucas Van Ness and he pads weren't on and obviously that when pads are on is when a guy like Lucas Van Ness is really going to shine. So I need to add that caveat. But he Davis was able to hold his own and at a tight end position with two rookies where the transition is difficult as we all know, specifically in blocking. Yep. You know, we, we talked to Luke Musgrave in the locker room after practice last week and, you know, what's been the toughest part of this transition? It's been blocking for him, which uh, that's the case for most tight ends making the jump to the NFL. So if Davis can continue to show that consistency as a blocker, he is absolutely going to carve out a role within this offense. Now, it doesn't mean he's going to take more snaps than Musgrave or take more snaps than Degora, but with that ability, he'll be able to carve out uh, – a, a way to contribute this season if he can continue to play at that level in that capacity. Good stuff. You know, we've we talked about it on this pod quite a bit, Paul. Um, when I go back and watch the tape, and, and I know people, there's there's some people that roll their eyes when I say it. People hate hearing that. But when I go back and watch it, Tyler Davis was a better blocker than Josiah Aguar. That's just what I've mm -hmm. seen, man. It's what I've seen all year long. And, and I refuse to mention it on here because I would get scolded by people. <laughs> but it's just what I've seen. Um, yeah, that's good stuff. I, I think he's darn you near. Mention it. Don't pretend like you don't mention it. <laughs> we, yeah, I do. I mentioned the Sif block all the time. Sif like, block. I was going to say. Block, dude, I'm telling you. Anyway, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm such a geek, Paul. Um, Lucas <laughs> Van Ness. It. You mentioned Lucas Van Ness. Um, now, we heard, you know, Andy Herman. We read Andy Herman's tweet and him talking about Lucas Van Ness throwing uh, – who was it he threw into a Deguara. Was it Deguara? There you go. <laughs> threw threw Deguara into the backfield. Um, how are you feeling about Lucas Van Ness so far? It looks like they're just kind of easing him in, right? I mean, am I wrong by thinking that? No, it hasn't been up until the last two practices where he's seen some more regular snaps with the starters. Uh, the starting edge rushers have consistently been uh, uh, Preston Smith and Justin Hollins. Van Ness has regularly been with the twos, but like I said, he's seen more snaps with the ones as of late. His speed, his burst at the snap, his power, it is – it's clear as day. It's nice. its the first thing you notice. And, again, there was that that play where he just drove Josiah DeGuar into the backfield. There's another that comes to mind where he had Yash Nyman on his heels. And his role in this offense, I, I'm guessing they're still – or in this defense, they're still – you know, determining where that's going to be. If I had to guess early on, it's going to be on those obvious pass rush situations, third down, second and longs, let him just pin his ears back, go get after the quarterback. But something to watch once the season starts to unfold, Brian Gudekins mentioned after the draft 
when he was speaking to us that we could see Van Ness used in that old Zadarius Smith role yes. where it's third down passing situation. He's stand up pass rusher over the center. And then you got uh, this season, you'll have Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith still holding down the traditional edge rusher roles. So I'm, I'm really excited to see him. I think he's, he might be the person who benefits the most on this team from being in pads because he is a power rusher. Yeah. You know, as part of his development, he'll have to find what's that secondary move. Cause right. as we know at the NFL, you can't just run through everybody. But one other thing that I'll add about him is there have been some plays where he's held up really well against the run, specifically setting the edge. And I think for a, a young pass rusher, you know, or pass rushers in general, it's about getting after the quarterback, but he's shown that discipline to, you know, beats his guy, identifies where the ball carrier is or if the quarterback still has it, and then decides, you know, whether to go after the quarterback or keep maintaining that edge. Because the one of the plays that comes to mind was A.J. Dillon was trying to get outside and, and Van Ness was just holding his ground. Dillon had to cut back. T.J. Slayton's there in the middle waiting for him. Uh, was either a no gain or a loss of a yard. There's two to three plays in that, you know, similar similar ilk that come to mind for me. And so just that part of it, I've been really impressed with because, again, as a pass rusher, uh, top draft pick, that's not necessarily something that comes to mind when we think about Lucas Van Ness and his run defense. Isn't to say that it's not still a work in progress for him, but that's something that has caught my eye. Definitely, definitely. And you could see that. I did a Chalk Talk episode on Lucas Van Ness from Iowa, and uh, that I, I noticed I think there was two or three plays. One was a read option, and he, I mean, he literally set the edge, disengaged with the block after they took the ball inside on the read and still made the tackle inside. I'm like, he, his eyes are always in that backfield, always. So it's mm -hmm. awesome that you're seeing that at the next level. Um, that's great news. Great news. Um, Jacob, you got anything else before I go to our last question here for uh, for Paul? Any any other questions come to mind, man? Well, I guess that depends on what your last question is for him. because It wouldn't have anything to do with a, a man by the name of Zach Tom, would it? Well, I, okay. <laughs> now, I, I, I would just maybe like to get real quick, what do you think about Ennis Gaines? I mean, I know we saw him get burnt mm -hmm. on a couple things, but it looks to me like he is kind of that, Swiss Army knife, third or fourth string out of anybody in the secondary, where he can be maybe put in at cornerback. He can be at safety, strong safety. Um, they seem like they've even played him on special teams a lot, maybe doing some – I don't know if he's like a third string or gunner. Like, do you see him doing enough <laughs> in the back end of the Packers roster to make the team somehow? I, I, do, I don't know what the path looks like, but I know he has the ability to contribute to this team. So I'll start with that point. Uh, to what you said, Jacob, he's been uh, consistently, I would say, the second nickel cornerback on this Packers defense. When the the second defense is out there, you got Corey Ballantyne and Carrington Valentine on the boundary. Wow. Ennis Gaines has not every time, but he's been a regular member, I would say, of taking over those slot responsibilities. Uh, during Saturday's practice, when they're in position drills, he was working with the cornerbacks, not the safeties. Right. Um, I went and checked the Packers roster. He's still listed as a safety. Right. So I do think there's a path to contribute. Last season, the last three weeks of the year, he played, I think, 32 snaps from the slot. He was a, a became a steady special teams contributor. Despite ranking 19th on the team in special team snaps, he finished six in solo tackles, so showing some ability to make plays in that regard. And when we look at the Packers' cornerback room as a whole, ton of depth, ton of playmakers, but – 
who are the true slot options that they have. It's Keyshawn Nixon, and that's kind of it. Douglas and Stokes are on the boundary. Valentine and Valentine are boundary. Jair, he can play anywhere, and that's what you want him to do. You don't want him to only be in the slot or only to be out wide. So when we look at secondary options for the slot, you know, it's Innis Gaines and then I guess Shamar John Charles, but he's someone who, you know, even once he was healthy last year after injury, he was a, a healthy or a, an inactive on game days, a healthy scratch. So his path to the roster looks difficult at this time, I would say. So that's where I think gains can contribute. Now, to the first part, the first point I made, what his path to the roster looks like, I don't know. Because, like I said, the cornerback room is really crowded. It feels like Ballantyne and Ballantyne are going to be those, I guess, once Stokes returns, fifth and sixth options, just based on playing time. Ballantyne was also a really, really good special teams contributor last year. And then we go to the safety position, which is where he's listed at. And there's still a lot of unknowns, but it's starting to take a little bit of shape. Rudy Ford, Darnell Savage have been the starters. The second team has been Tavarius Moore, Jonathan Owens. Dallin Levitt, he's going to be on this team. He's a special teams contributor. There's one time last year where it comes to mind where Aaron Rodgers talked about his uh, just locker room presence and the value of having that. He's played under Rich Bisaccia his entire career. So that's already five safeties. Keeping six safeties... I actually looked this up. The last time the Packers did it was 2016. So not impossible, but I'm I'm not going to sit here and bank on it either. And there's still Anthony Johnson, who they drafted in the seventh round this year out of Iowa State. So where Gaines fits on this roster, that's the hard part that I'm – that's the part that I'm struggling to to find right now. But, again, you look at his contribution or his path to contribute, and I think it's there. Uh, uh, a secondary option in the nickel, uh, a key special teams guy. Like he has a way to contribute to this 2023 team. So (laughs) I don't have a full answer on that. I'm still waiting to see how it plays out, but he's definitely someone to keep our eyes on. And I think with the, all the people at the safety position, he's been forgotten about a little bit. You can hear the hesitation in your voice talking about, (laughs) but you're, you're reading between the lines and it's like that nickel goes down. Who are we going to, right? And if, if they're giving him those valuable reps now, like I'm sure you've thought about as well, it could just be, hey, we're testing him out before we cut him loose. Like, hey, can he play this role? Or it mm-hmm. could be legit, hey, this might be our backup nickel. And that's that's absolutely huge in this defense for sure. Um, mm-hmm. Final question for you. I know you carved time out away from the family. We appreciate you, Paul. We really, really do. Hey, happy to be here. I um, appreciate it. You wrote today uh, on the DairylandExpress.com about Zach Tom, right? And I just mm-hmm. want to I want to hear your take on it because there seems to be two different crowds when it comes to Zach Tom. It's some of us are like, hey man, let's what if we gave him a shot at center? And the others are like, that's stupid. We've got Josh Myers. He's a second round pick, and on and on and on. Um, just talk a little bit about Zach Tom. Do you do you think there's a legit shot that he could win the center position? And I know it's real early because this is the first time today, I believe, that we've seen him take first team reps. Um, if mm-hmm. I understand correctly, how, yeah. how do you see Zach Tom fitting into center? And do you think Josh Myers is kind of on the ropes? How do you feel about the center position just as a whole? Yeah. So Tom had been taking third team reps during OTAs and uh, uh, during some drills early on in training camp. And like you said, he, this was his first day with the starters. 
one thing that sticks out to me, it goes back to earlier this offseason, Zach Tom's first two seasons at Wake Forest, he was at center. His final two seasons was at left tackle. And Brian Gudikin said earlier this offseason that they were, when they were evaluating him as part of the pre-draft process, they, they the team thought that center was his best position. Wow. So I, I hold on to that nugget just because, especially with how things are <laughs> unfolding right now, yeah. that it's absolutely noteworthy. Uh, Tom said in the locker room, after Monday's practice, he's put on between 15 and 20 pounds from his oh, rookie year. Geez. And and he did so specifically in mind to to be better as, as a run blocker. Hmm. Um, and, I, you know, that's the area of his game, I think, coming off his rookie season where a lot of us can look at and say that was an area of improvement for him. Um, so how it's going to play out, I you know, like you said, there's a lot to, that has to take place, but – Offensive line play is very much the sum of the parts are greater than the individual. You can have the best right. left left uh, tackle guard combo in the NFL, but if the right side is really struggling, the offensive line as a unit's going to struggle as well. So to me, it's where – because to me, Tom's going to be a starter week one. The question's where. Matt LaFleur talks about putting the best five out there. He's one of the best five in my opinion. So where is the biggest talent gap? Is it between Yash and Tom at right tackle? Or is it between Josh and Tom at center? Mm. And I think whatever they determine that to end up being is where he's going to go. Because yeah. he's, like I said, I think he's going to start. He's going to be one of the five come week one. It's just where do they feel that biggest gap is right now? Gotcha. Makes total sense. Man, there's so many storylines. Is there not, Paul? Like, I mean, really you, are. You, I love you it. guys. I know you guys have got to love. We've got year. plenty to write about. That's for sure. I mean, there is just, and it seems like the bottom half of this roster is stout, man. It really does. I mean, it's. I would put the bottom half of our roster up against anyone in the league. I mean, it really feels that way. Um, anything mm-hmm. else you want to uh, mention? Plug anything as we get ready to let you go here? Anything at all? Yeah, I'll just uh, I'll go on one more little tangent if that's all yeah. right. The the interior defensive line. One of the things that's really stood out to me is just the the speed of this unit this season. Uh, Devontae Wyatt's obviously taken a much larger role. Kobe Wooden had elite uh, athletic testing. Carl Brooks uh, fast as well, and that's you know that's a bit of a shift from the the <laughs> type of interior defenders. Yeah. That the Packers have had. I go back to that play, the play callers podcast by the Athletic, and they uh, they had Brandon Staley, Chargers head coach, on there talking and about his defensive scheme because kind of similarly to the Kyle Shanahan offense taking over the offensive side, the Vic Fangio is kind of doing the same on defense. And there's two things that he really talked about that are important to his interior defenders: is versatility. And, you know, look at Colby Wooden, played up and down, edge rusher, interior. Carl Brooks played edge rusher, played in the interior. We know Kenny Clark can be moved around. And the other thing he talked about was having speed. Rather than the the Dean Lowry's and the Tyler Lancaster's that are more uh, space eaters, you know, that defense, the Staley defense, which, you know, Joe Barry was brought here to run a version of or a a similar version to, you know, they want gap penetrators. And, the, and a big part of that is having the the speed to do so. So that's one of the things that's really jumped out to me about that unit, their ability to get in the backfield quick and also just flow sideline to sideline if the ball carrier is going that way or if they're you know chasing a scrambling quarterback. And it really seems like over these last two years, again, with the additions of Wyatt, Wooden, and Brooks, Brian Gudekins has really you know tried to give Joe Barry that type of personnel 
which, you know, is needed for that type of defensive scheme that he's running. So I'm, there's still a ton of questions. I, you know, I'm not saying that this is all of a <laughs> right. sudden going to be a, a turnaround unit that can hold up against the run by any means, but I'm, I, I am excited based on just that additional juice that they seem to have up front this year. Yeah. And again, some of the excitement, a large majority of the excitement for me on that defensive line is on the back half of the roster, like you said, with, with Wooden and, uh, I mean, and Brooks, it's, I don't know, do they, was it, was it Brooks that played edge? Am I thinking right in, in college where he could play defensive end? And he was, I mean, just mm-hmm. he's all over the place, right? Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah, they both, him and Wooden both lined up at edge, but that was Brooks's primary spot. And he did so, I think he was listed at 305 <laughs> as a, as an edge rusher. And you know, we all know this defense has to bounce back this year. They have to shoulder, they might have, like Mark Murphy said, they might have to shoulder a lot of the workload early on. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. But if they're going to find success, it starts with the run game. Absolutely. To me, there's a there's a stat from last year that just kind of really encapsulates the Packers' run defense. This The Packers' defense on third downs last year was the eighth best in football. The problem, they faced the fewest third downs per game. Mm-hmm. It's because, to me, a lot of that has to do with their run defense. Yep. Def- or offenses weren't getting two third downs against this team. And when they did, it's because they were able, the Packers were able to get the early down stops, put them in second and long, third and longs. And that's where the strength of this team is. Brian Gutekind said it best. They have a ton of pass rush options. You know, look at the interior defensive line, look at the edge rushers. They can get offenses in second, third and longs, be able to get after the quarterback, the secondary, the cornerback position specific that the Packers have. Like the, the opportunity is there for them to really thrive. But yeah. It's about stopping the run and putting themselves in the position that they can have those opportunities to get those stops, force those turnovers, get after the quarterback. Absolutely. It's something Michael Lombardi was talking about today on the GM Shuffle, um, just talking about getting off 
getting off the field on third down and and just playing you know situational football. He 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 kind of called out Asante Samuel, which you guys I'm sure you've heard over the years. Asante Samuel's been very vocal that Bill Belichick is not a good head coach. He just had Tom Brady and and Lombardi came back with saying. Tell me what Tom what Tom Brady's stat line was in the first Super Bowl that they won. And he had like 130 yards passing is all it was, right? And and he mm-hmm. went on to talk about all the defenses and everything. And, and the the moral of the story from Michael Lombardi there with Femi Abimafe was, you know, it's it's all about situational football and and those crucial mm-hmm. moments. You know, I, I broke down the uh some of the running game, some of the uh the blocking game, I should say, from the Lions week 18 matchup. And it was just third down after third down after third down that we could not pick up a yard, you know, and mm-hmm. deciding to go for it on fourth down on your side of the field, running a jet sweep. And it was just chaos everywhere. I had Mike Wall on the pod, and he was the same way. He was like, this is, this is just a mess. This is a mess. <laughs> so it, it, it all starts in the trenches. Yeah. I mean, look at the offense. I get it. We're all looking at the receivers, the tight ends, young, speed, right. versatility, yeah. exciting. But – if Jordan Love doesn't have time, it doesn't much matter. If the Packers don't have a, you know, success on the ground and this young offense is constantly in second and long, third and longs, like, yeah, hopefully I'm proven wrong, but chances are it's probably not going to end too well. It's, you know, the game of football has changed a lot over the years, but yeah. at the end of the day, who, who's winning? Who's winning down in the trenches? Definitely. Paul, you're the best, man. We, we appreciate you so much. Thank you so much for taking time away from the family to hang out with us. We need to do this again, man. We need to do it again. Yeah, absolutely. Again, I appreciate the invite, uh, guys. Happy to come back anytime. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much, Paul. We appreciate you, pal. All right, that was thank Paul you, Brettel from uh, Packers Wire, and uh, you can find him on Twitter at Pat or at Paul underscore Brettel. I'm sure you guys are following me. It's surprising though how many people aren't following him. Just great camp updates. Absolutely phenomenal. Super good dude, man. Um, Jacob, man, great question about uh, Enos Gaines, dude, because just that little nugget, something to put in the memory bank of, okay, him spending time as that backup nickel, is that something they're trying him out at or is that something where they they truly value him there? That could make or break him, you know, being on this roster as far as the 53 for sure. Um, any takeaways there, man, before we uh, dive into uh, some more some more topics here? I mean, just one other thing real quick. Um, I just think that we're kind of spoiled right now when we think about it. Obviously, we didn't want to have to play um, the game of chairs type thing with offensive line. So we wanted to be spoiled enough so that we could think that we could put Tom at right tackle, obviously Bach at left tackle, let Jenkins stay there at left, uh, running, do what he does. And then we thought hopefully Myers. But as I keep – I'm just getting a little more – that's one of my big top three worries would be the special teams – Myers, and then I guess I'll think about the third one, probably safety depth. Um, but right now, as I'm getting more into it, so if Zach Tom could possibly be a really great center, and we really have, I do think that Yash is more than a capable right tackle. He could be a starting left tackle, in my opinion. Um, that's our best five. So as much as I want these guys to be comfortable and you know get comfortable and play your your, your position and all that, now's the time to move the chairs if we're going to play the game. So. If we're going to move Zach Tom to center, let's move him to center. Let's put Yash at right tackle, and then let's set that as our lineup going into preseason right. and see how we do. Um, I completely agree. It needs to be something said. <laughs> it's Janelle in the chat. Janelle in the chat. Zach Tom put on some weight, must have been drinking his milk. That a girl. Welcome to the show, Janelle. You were awesome. I swear. I'm, 
I've got to get a T-shirt made of Janelle, man. Something about milk, and I don't know. We we need to come up with something. Dude, you're a legend already. That's freaking awesome. We got Tim in Green Bay on the line. Tim, how you doing, bub? What's up, Tim? Hey guys, just just digesting everything. Two and a half pages of chicken scratch notes here. Paul um, is not. Is Paul not awesome, dude? Paul is is phenomenal, and I'm so glad that he was able to come on tonight. I'm just. You know, I was at camp today, too, and just to get that perspective from someone else who was there and kind of confirming some things that I was thinking and then also, like, opening my eyes to some things that I missed. Like, Paul is great, man. If, if anyone's not following him on the socials, you guys are losing. You got to follow this guy for sure. Yeah, definitely. We got Jeff in the chat said, happy Valentine's Day, gents. Um, he said, uh, happy, happy Valentine's Day, gents. Wow, does Carrington look promising? You're good, Jake. Appreciate you, buddy. Um, yeah, Carrington. So he had a pick six. Uh, Carrington Valentine. <laughs> Jacob's got a new headset, man. Sound like a, a Mac truck just came through his house. New when he button. Said, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Carrington Valentine's look pretty good, man. Uh, we've heard a uh, heard a lot of chatter about him. Um, it's exciting because I think we, uh, yeah, we actually got here on the ticker on the bottom coastal floor said when talking about rookie Carrington Valentine quote, I love how he competes. I think we have a good young player there. And, you know, I would love to sit here and tell you, Tim, that, and Jeff in the chat, that being a Kentucky fan, I seen this one coming, but I didn't, man. I really didn't. <laughs> he had another year of eligibility left. He chose to go to the draft and I was going, what's he thinking? I think he bet on himself, and uh, it's looking good so far, for sure. Have you uh, you heard anything else about Carrington Valentine at all, Tim? I mean, he's kind of one of those names, you know. He's becoming the 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 talk of camp. You know, the chatter is starting. Um, you know, it's tough to get to see everything when you're out there because there's so much going on, and you, you got to kind of focus on, you know, certain position groups or maybe have an agenda. Um, or just freestyle it and kind of take what you can get. Um, it's nice, again, with having Paul on and getting that that perspective and that analysis is clutch because, you know, with Valentine, I mean, I've, I've seen a little bit, um, but he's definitely on, on that short list, man, of, you know, there's a lot of names that are popping up that, like you said, maybe ca caught a lot of us by surprise in a good way, you know, not a bad way. We, you know, I, I, I was listening to Ryan earlier and he was talking about how, oh, you know, here we go with camp. Everything's overly positive. And it's, it's true. There, there can be that, that, that era of like, or that aura of just positivity. And it's like, well, if there's less negatives than positives, isn't that a good thing? <laughs> right. So, Jacob. And it be the seems first. that way. It seems that way. Right. Lately. Yeah. No. Yeah, it, it does. And Jacob would be the first to tell you, man, you, uh, you get too positive, Ryan Schlipp's going to slap you down, man. He's going to bring you back down to earth, ain't he, Jake? you with that thunder. <laughs> it's stuff. You're a little low now, Jacob. We'll make sure we get that sound right. I got you. All right, cool. I can crank you up a little bit, too, if we need to. All right. Um, Jeff in the chat says, TJ Slayton manning the nose frees up Kenny to play different techniques along the front and, and pin his ears back. Uh, thoughts on what this means for this D. I think they're going to try to pick up where they left off as far as the defensive front last year when I finished watching the Lions game um, and that little five-game saturation. Uh, dude, T.J. Slayton was – he. I mean, he played really, really well. And and it was, it was awesome to see them, you know, trust him at the nose completely and then Kenny playing it anywhere from, a, you know, a, basically a two to a five technique on the defensive line and him just eating up double teams. 
with Wyatt now being inserted into this lineup and them talking about at the end of the year, uh, the defensive line coach, Jerry Montgomery, was actually talking about an oppressor that you could see the the light begin to come on for Devontae Wyatt and understanding this defense and that gap-and-a-half mentality and all that. Um, I think they can't block everybody, right? And these guys are really, really starting to – I think T.J. Slayton's going to take another step forward. I believe that with everything in me. And uh, I think Devontae Wyatt is going to really, really benefit from um, Kenny eating up those double teams uh, for sure. Uh, let's see here in the chat. Jeff also says, Zach, Tom is the bomb. His positional versatility like Jenkins is invaluable. It really is, man. And, and I'm kind of with Jacob. I'm like, man, I just want this to be settled so we can, okay, here's here's how the five sit, right? That's that's what that's the point I want to get to. Uh Caleb Jones, uh, let's see here. Yeah, Bay's Bay Short Park. <laughs> I don't I don't know what that is, but all right. Caleb Jones is clearly one of the uh, one of the best five O linemen on the team. Have to get him on the field. Boy, he sure looks the part. I know that, man. Um, that's a big old boy. Did you get to see him at all, Tim? He can't. Oh, oh yeah. And we're getting more and more. Cause you know, he was out with illness early, you know, we didn't get to see too much. And so it's good to see him. I didn't see him as much today. I was, uh, back with my, uh, you know, I'm addicted to the defense. So I kind of ended up on that side of the field again today. Um, but yeah, Caleb Jones is exciting. Uh, uh, you know, one of those, those names again that we were just talking about short list of names of guys that are maybe in those, you know, competing for those lower spots on the depth chart or, or quote unquote developmental players. Um, but when you see them making these strides and you see them grasping things, you know, day by day, it's, it's just awesome to see it up front. And it makes you wonder, you know, what is, yeah. What, what is this offensive line going to look like week one? You know, that was a great point that Paul had. I mean, we can talk all we want right now, but at some point, you know, what, what is it, what is it ultimately going to look like? And I, you know, to your guys' point, the sooner we figure it out, the better, right? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Janelle in the chat said, I've heard Sean Ryan's been looking better. I heard the same thing. It sounds like they're, they're starting you to, hear his, to move him his around stats a little bit. From today? What's that? Did you hear his, his stats from today from the one-on-ones? No, what, what, what happened? So Sean Ryan was five and zero oh against Colby Wooden. Absolutely smothered him the whole day. It was apparently the best practice this guy's had in the last two years. So, oh man, Sean Ryan got off the juice and got better. What about that, <laughs> bro? Come on, let's go. <laughs> no, hey, I want him to pan out. And we forget, man, that was a third round pick, guys. Third like, round. You know, it, it was, you know, last year was just such a disaster. And uh, I thought Ryan did a great job. I don't mean to make light of that whole situation, but Ryan did a great job of, of explaining kind of how he felt like everything unfolded when, when it came to that. You know, it sounded like he didn't take care of his body. Not Ryan, but Sean Ryan. Um, not Ryan Schlipp, but Sean Ryan. <laughs> Ryan's body is in peak yeah. physical <laughs> form. Exactly, exactly. We call him Hercules. Right now, right now he's on the Ramage show over there, and he's listening off to the side going, what the hell are they talking about? <laughs> um, but, yeah, so uh, let's hope it pans out for sure. Um, let's see Garrison in the chat says really excited to see Van Ness Wooden uh Brooks get some reps against the Bengals. I hope they Matt look at me trying not to smile while I'm reading this. Hope I hope <laughs> they I hope they got uh get some tape against guys like Orlando Brown who do well against power. I'm grinning because man it's so exciting dude like we get to see these guys go at it. And that's what I'm saying, man. I, I enjoy the preseason so much. I want to see Van Ness out there for 50% of the snaps. I just want to see them turn them loose. 
to see what we got. All it's going to take is one bull rush and just smacking a quarterback right in the mouth. That's with an F, by the way, mouth. Um, and I'm going to I'm I'm going to come unglued. But I'm going to do this real quick, Jacob. Check this out. A little surprise for you guys. I'm going to share the screen. You guys can see this, right? Yep. yep. This is from earlier today, okay? First of all, this is Christian Watson. You can see he's kind of in a close split. We'll probably be playing the slot in this type of setup. But I want you to watch this bomb by Jordan Love. I'm going to play it through, then we'll go slow motion on this. Nice little five-step drop. Look at this, boys. That is pretty. Again, look at the mechanics. Footwork. Top of the drop. Yep. They're beautiful. I mean, he's – one thing about Jordan Love that you can see is his release, everything, the timing is just fluid, man. Absolutely fluid. Now, this next one's going to get you excited. There's going to be some noise here. I apologize if it's loud. Be ready to, to yank those uh, earphones off, Jacob. But this next one here is Romeo Dobbs absolutely oh. mossing Jai Alexander. Here we go. <laughs> uh, beat him off the line. What's Ja? Ja's like. He plays. He goes, yeah. Yeah, watch it again. Listen, we're going to pause this one. And for those of you on the pod, I apologize. I'm going to try to explain it. They're, they're basically playing bump and run right here, right? They're playing press man coverage. Look at Ja. Look, look at this little stutter step by Dobbs. You don't see Ja panic like that much. No. Look at that. And look at, the like foot, look at the foot speed, man. Yeah, like th this, and I, I got to say, this is not a great throw by Jordan Love. It's not. If you, you want to lead him right here, right? Yeah. Yep. But look at this. They're both hand fighting. It's clean. Look at that, boys. He just look at Dobbs' body position adjustment is just phenomenal. Really I was going to say it almost looks like that he used his left hand to push him forward. He doesn't. All he does is he realizes, okay, this ball's a little bit shallow a little bit yep. short, and all he does is hit that plant foot with his right, and then he just kind of hesitates a bit, and then all he does is let Jair just kind of roll past yep. him, and then he takes the inside position, and it's really pretty. And then if you also watch, like, right off the line again, he almost looks like he fakes that he's going to throw his hands up in that, like, engage him in a jam, and then yep. he just kind of, whoop, slips out the right side, and Jair's like, oh, you, I'm going to have to chase you yep. now. And then I think he <laughs> knew that he had Jair chasing him, and he saw, like, the calculation, either this was just luck or he had the wherewithal to know I got him beat. Now I know that Jair is trying to catch up with me. Now I see the ball's yep. a little bit shallow. Now I know to let off in one split second and let him run past me and boom. Yeah. What's, what's the little hop step? What's the hop yeah. step right here, fellas? Right here when he realized it's underthrown, right? Yep. Yep. What's right here? This little hop. Boom. boom. And look, look how he shifts outside. Yeah, the hips. It's yeah. in the hips too. Oh, that That is called body – control that's called balance and it's one of the most underrated things in the now, i had a i had a point on the defensive side of this if we can while we're rolling this yeah we, we we learned yesterday jair from his mouth you know words right out of his own mouth was oh, that I love, it. I love it i know where you're going do it do he's it. been working on the press coverage more he's yep. been working at playing up closer to the line on these plays. And so this is, to me, is as much of a, a valuable piece of defensive film as it is offensive film. Yep. Uh, to see Jair working with, you know, clearly Dobbs is our number two receiver. Something so, else that was mentioned on a podcast too that I was listening to, Jacob, check this out. They said Jair mentioned, I'm going to be following Christian Watson all camp. 
right? And and it was like, oh, okay, yeah, he's the wide receiver one. You want to go up against him? And, and then it, now people are starting to go, wait a minute. Why are they practicing <laughs> following the number one receiver? Oh, oh. I'm, I'm not saying, I'm just saying, like, those are the little things that people who say training camp's boring, I hate the preseason, blah. you got to learn how to learn. you got to learn how to listen. Like, yeah. it's, sometimes it's not what they say. It's how they say it, right? And that, that that got out of the freaking bag, I feel like. But this right here, man, this was exciting. And, again, it's one play. I get somebody's rolling their eyes going, oh, my God, Clayton, it's a one-on-one. I get yeah, it. Totally but get it's, it. it's not, though, because if you remember at the beginning of this um, mini camps before even – or I'm sorry, like the OTAs, I think, before they even went in the mini camps, if you remember, Jair did an interview where he was talking about Dobbs' um, progression in the offseason – and he said, well, he basically almost got me on a catch and he didn't get me on a single one last year. And mm-hmm. at that point, that was like three weeks ago. So now look at where he's at now. He literally just mossed him, yeah. made the guy look like a fool. And he had the wherewithal to sit on his knees and clap for him. So like, yeah, they're taking yeah. a step like they're they're going against. Imagine if if they're going against them. I mean, you iron sharpens, sharpens iron. That's basically what we're looking at right here. Absolutely. And this is what I want to point out. When you said that about Jair clapping, focus on Dobbs. Watch Dobbs. Yeah. Look, this is hey, this is what we're supposed Give it to, to do. the ref. Barry yeah. Sanders. Barry Sanders. That's Barry the Barry Sanders, Sanders school. Oh, exactly. This is, this is what's most important for me, though. I want to I want to see if I can zoom in right here. Okay. Let's pause it here. He sees he got it. Bear with me. I want you guys to see this right here. I want you to watch the official. Okay? <laughs> yeah, keep an eye on him. All right. Keep an eye on the official. <laughs> He's looking, you know, you see John on the ground. Watch the official's head. You ready for this? Let's see if I can click out here. All right, here you go. Ready? Watch. Watch the official. He goes, man, you got burnt, bro. (laughs) 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 I love it. Roasted. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. I love it. I love football, man. I love football. Jeff in the chat says, haven't heard a peep on Tariq Carpenter. Any news on him? I haven't heard anything, guys. Uh, Last I heard he was on the, wasn't he on the NFI, NFI list? Am I thinking right? Uh, possibly because he was sick uh, right yeah it was an illness is what ryan said i think ryan was, over there with an illness he's so, in my notes though he was out there today was he okay that's that's good all right and um, again listed as a linebacker um you know it's interesting seeing him with the with the linebacker group um yeah. he looks a little small obviously but mm-hmm. i i don't i don't know if that's as important as you know, conventional wisdom would lead you to believe it is. I think maybe he can find some success there. And I think it's kind of to, um, you guys were talking about this with Paul earlier about, you know, we got guys listed as safety or listed as linebacker, you know, Clayton, you've alluded to this strong safety, weak safety, whatever they're safeties (laughs) at this point, the way the game's going. And I wonder if, you know, maybe Carpenter's path to this team is in the linebacker group. And let's see, you know, what he's listed at versus how he's utilized this year. Because he looked pretty good out there to me today running with the linebackers. He was definitely holding his own. There you go. He's got to be one of the quickest linebackers in the entire league, man. I mean, coming from that safety position, you know, he, he it wasn't like he was a slow prospect, uh, you know, hopefully – Hopefully he can put it together. Adam in the chat says, Ryan in shambles watching Romeo Dobbs show out in camp. And then we got <laughs> Jeffrey here said, yeah, I know Jacob got that. <laughs> Jeffrey said, love looks the part. I've heard Wyatt has been dominant. The safeties will appreciate the pressure. Man, I'm telling you, pressure pick, coverage sacks. It's uh, It all goes hand in hand together. Um, you know, you want to take, take pressure off the secondary 
get in that quarterback's freaking face, man. And then, of course, Jeff in the chat says, ball recognition by Dobbs, I think that's what he said, not Boo Dobbs. I thought he was speaking French there for a minute. Boo Dobbs. But anyway, all right, guys. That was good stuff, man. I'm glad we had Paul on. We're going to do that again. We have to put him on the payroll. That man is phenomenal, dude. Um, anything we want to hit on before we wrap this big bear up, Jacob? I know you got a ton of notes. If you've got something else, fire away. We'll get Tim's uh, take on it before we get ready to to wrap up. Yeah, real quick. Um, just basically, it was, it was just to touch on that hand fighting. Um, the way that he actually like made Jair look like not like a rookie or nothing like that, but it more was he looked like a veteran. Um, Boz had a great video where they were comparing the speed and the footwork of Watson to Reed on basically like a zig route. Um, and and they're not that far off. And the people that were really in the comments, um, apparently this is what uh, Boz was talking about, saying that, oh, well, you know, uh, Watson doesn't look very fluid. He's very choppy. It's like, well, he's 6'5". And Jaden's like 5'11". And they, right. they're basically pretty similar other than that um like i said talk, talked about ball melton tucker craft had a great contested catch today cody crest had another one hand grab like another one the guys just showing out we talked about sean ryan going five and zero against colby wooden uh they apparently ran some true eye formation this uh for a few practice reps that, yeah. with the actual fullback henry pearson in there uh cox jr had some good reps tj slayton continues to very much impress why it continues to impress nixon had an interception against torrey on love uh lvn again started with the ones uh debach and josiah they dropped out of practice today a little bit early not necessarily necessarily sure if that's We'd think the Debach, that's kind of obvious as uh, what's going on as far as Josiah, not quite sure. Musgrave had a tight end. I'm sorry, a tight end. A touchdown over Quay. Dylan Truckstick Quay. So Quay's having a rough kind of outset today. Yeah, Musgrave. Um, stood out to me too. Is Quay seems like he's having a rough camp, don't it? He's just, I think he's getting tested. He's getting tested mentally, emotionally, physically. Um, but there are those still those pockets where he just looks amazing. And again, um, Andy Herman touched on the fact that we let go of Cam McDonald, the tight end and the O-line guy. I can't remember his name, Chuck something or another. The defense won the total, um, basically the, the two minute drill slash the one-on-ones there. And then Goodson actually lived off the field, but apparently did return. So that's all the notes I had recapped real quickly. Sorry if that didn't make sense, but just no, trying to it did, fire. It did. Absolutely. And then we got Elevated Sean in the chat says, if Kraft doesn't make some noise during the preseason, he's going to lose his Chuck Norris vibe. It's true. It's true, man. He's uh he had an opportunity to be a living legend. We gotta gotta get we gotta get some more jokes in here on a, uh, the one that I always refer to as Robert. Robert Kraft. <laughs> Robert Kraft still can't. I've got to make that Photoshop happen. i got to put Robert <laughs> Kraft's head on Tucker Kraft's body. That, that needs to happen. I had another one, too. I'm going to save it for Ryan when he's on here. i got a, I got a Lucas Van Ness Photoshop already done that he needs to see. So, Tim, you got anything else for us, brother, before we wrap up, man? I mean, I've got a ton of stuff, but we can't talk until 2 in the morning. So, um, I, <laughs> I will speak to uh, – Three quick points. Three quick points. All right. Uh, how about Quay Walker? Since we were just talking about Quay, mm-hmm. um, I rough camp to me might be a stretch. I think let's get closer to halfway through towards the end and, and see right. how we can overall evaluate. However, I will speak to this. I did see um, that play that you mentioned. Um, yeah, I mean, he just got, 
he got steamrolled. It, it was what it was. And I did see something today that we see at every camp in the NFL around this time of year when the pads come on is we see guys get a little chippy and guys don't guys are competing for spots on a, on a, on a roster and they selectively hear whistles. We know this. And Quay was uh, wrapped up. I can't remember who he was wrapped up with after one of these, one of these uh, drills that they were run. Actually it wasn't drills. This was team team activities. And, uh, the whistles were blowing, blowing, and just at that point when you thought, oh boy, here we're going to have something, you could see Quay, Quay put his hands down, released, and backed off very calmly. Yeah. So I'm seeing, I'm seeing strides, and I think you're absolutely right, Clayton. They're testing them. They are testing them, just like the, everyone's being tested right now. They're going to find ways to push your buttons because they want to see how you're going to react. Yep. Have you guys exactly. read the, the reports about how he's going to – actual counseling um yeah I, I, I dove a little bit deeper in it so yeah he's he's very cognizant of that he's he's trying to deal with some mental issues and a lot of it may not he's not like a nut or nothing like that he's just literally acknowledging that he has <laughs> you gotta clarify like, he's not a nut well, yeah i mean the guys like nowadays you say that you they're like you have to yeah. seek your mental health and then the second you go outside and you say i'm gonna seek some mental health they're like you're a crazy person That's exactly yeah. so now He's been very upfront. He's like, yeah, I was a young man. I got thrown into millions of dollars with a lot of pressure. So I didn't handle the pressure the right way. So what I'm doing now is trying to talk to some people. And I've acknowledged the fact that now they're looking at what I am on the defense as a weakness. I'm a weakness that they can exploit by messing with my mind. So what he's yeah. already been on record saying is that I know they're going to come after me and I know they're going to try to push my buttons. So today, like Tim just said, the fact that he acknowledged that they're going after him and that he kind of stops takes a minute whatever he's doing inside he's talking about he does med meditation maybe some zen stuff maybe some chuck norris stuff i don't know what chuck norris does and then he just has that home moment where he seems like he's backing off and so far so good right so yeah let's absolutely see i liked your your analogy the uh you said the other day put a put a quarter in them to get them started yeah. that yeah. The team teams are looking to do that and um I mean, I think that's great because they know they probably can't beat them in between the lines. So they're going to try and play mind games. They're going to, you know, I don't know if you guys remember 90s basketball, but that's Dennis Rodman's oh, yeah. playbook all day. <laughs> so, um, but you know, what's funny is while, while we were talking about it, my, my, my last or second to last quick point was, uh, is the kicking game. Um, and we talked about they're trying to see how you respond. What I saw uh, uh, out of Anders Carlson, just I made me sick to my stomach to be honest i have in my notes uh kicking game yikes that's what i have in my notes um for what we're seeing so far out of camp we might as well call mason crosby right now and get him on an Dude, airplane oh, i was boy. thinking uh, the same thing i think they said uh, i get it on the ticker anders i believe is 12 for 20 in this camp right now yeah and one of the things that was a struggle they were doing towards the end was uh down in distance clock management and they had the play clock running and you could hear we were the guys were getting screamed at you're gonna get delay a game delay a game hurry up get out there so they're they're late to get in formation and then by the time the ball snapped and put down i mean he was wide right by a mile i mean that ball didn't even track near the middle of the goalpost. so it yeah. It should be more of a concern. <laughs> I mean, if, if anyone's wondering, should they be alarmed? Yes. In my opinion, the answer is yes. <laughs> yeah, and you, you know, humor me for a minute, all right? <laughs> um, Mason Crosby, right? What would it cost to bring him in? You know, I mean, he's got no other offers, right? Probably wouldn't take a whole lot. We've yeah, got plenty two, of – Two million? 
Yeah, that's that's the, exactly the number I was just thinking. It's two point five. Okay. You, you bring him back. You stash Anders on the practice squad, right? And then when you bring him back on a futures contract, you should, I believe the way that works is you'll have him on a two-year deal. I believe unless something's – the rules change so often, I try not to speak in, you know, indefinites there. But if you were to do that, stash Anders, let him work on it, he'll be on the practice squad, and then bring in Mason Crosby to kick this year, I would sleep a lot better at night, fellas. I'm just telling you right now. Um, oh, Yeah. And he's out there working out, right? He's out there kicking. So just something to think about. Maybe that was a part of their plan. Who knows, right? Maybe we'll take a chance on Anders. If it don't work out, we'll bring Mason back. It could be the case. Breaking tomorrow, the Jets signed Mason Crosby. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of wish they would have went the other way and just did this and brought him back and let him compete with the young kid. And we'd have have had him here. And the man didn't have to sell his house and, you know, move away and all of this stuff. Um, it's a conversation I don't want to get into, but, you know, it's like people on one side of the fence pretend as if this front office has never done anything wrong. And people on the other side paint them out to be these evil villains. I think the truth is always somewhere in the middle. They've made some mistakes, man. They've made some mistakes. That's just kind of like Mason, really? It, it would be different if he declined last year. He didn't decline, you know, like it, it just. your part to your point, he's just lost a little leg. I mean, he's getting older. He's not going to hit. He's not going to hit fifty-five plus anymore. Just put that in the bag. It is what it is. But yeah. I mean, he's going to hit every single thing inside of forty, which is, you know, or inside of fifty, even. You know, I don't know. It yeah. frustrates me. You know, I, I'm a I'm a, a former kicker, so you know, I get get a little frustrated. Oh, there we go. Lace is so. out. Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> I kicked a 47-yard field goal one time, just out messing around. 47-yarder. Was, I was it a toe bomber, or did you soccer style it? I soccer styled it, baby. That a and boy. I, and I could not walk for a week, Tim. Don't you add a boy me, bro. My butt cheek hurt <laughs> for a week, dude. It was bad. It was real bad. Anyway, last point, Tim, before we get off. Um, not a major one, just something when we talk about the cornerback room. Uh, I don't know, maybe Jacob's got an update on this. Uh, Keandre Thomas um, was making a play along the sideline today, I, I noticed early in the day. And uh, he came down kind of funny make, making a tackle, and it looked like lower back. I don't know if it's back strain. Um, he might have tweaked something in his back. I haven't really heard anything since he did get up. He was down for a minute, but then he did walk off the field and rejoin the team. Um, but I don't remember seeing him super involved after that. I'm not sure if you guys heard about that at all. I'll try to look right now. Have you heard anything, Jacob? No, I was going to say that's a benefit of having Tim on the ground because I listened to very thorough um, breakdowns from Andy Herman, from Brettel, from Boz, from about three or four other people. Nobody mentioned him. They did mention um, like I said, Goodson limped off and then came back on his own record. They mentioned that Bakhtiari kind of failed and went away. Um, and that the other, gosh, who was that? Another offensive lineman or somebody kind of snuck away. Uh, Josh, Josh Hansen or uh, Jake Hansen. Sorry. Okay. Uh, but he had so an that, elbow injury. that could be good news then since we're not hearing it then is how I'm going to look at that. That maybe it wasn't as serious as I thought yeah, it I could just, have been. I just looked on Twitter and the first thing that popped up was five hours ago. It said Lou Nichols. See, I'm sorry. Yeah, Lou Nichols just stiff-armed Keandre Thomas into oblivion. Right. <laughs> I did hear about for. that. Yeah. There you go. Um, all right. Yeah. Good stuff, man. Um, so I, I would say he's probably healthy. Probably just a little shake up there. Jeff in the chat says, thank you, guys. Great work, Mr. Green. Love your tweets. So I'm telling you, Tim, 
you're a uh, you're a secret weapon, bro. You're doing a great job up there, man. We can't thank Legit. you enough for. Uh, hey, I'm just happy to be a part of it, man. I appreciate you guys inviting me in. This is this is great. Absolutely, we're going to end it right here, Jacob. Eric Sutherland says, "Can Josh Myers kick?" <laughs> <laughs> Willing to try anything at this point. Heck, can no. Tim kick? Let's get Tim out there. He's the next. Oh, you know, man, let's go, man. Hey, the last time the last time I tried to kick a football, I popped my IT band off of my hip <laughs> and it popped back on. So, no, that ain't going to happen. But uh, maybe Myers can hold. I don't know. <laughs> the, only, the only way we're letting Tim kicks if he wears the one bar, Jacob. You know what I'm talking about? The one bar. Face <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Old school. Finkel. Come on. Fin or Finkel and Einhorn, man. Chester Markle. Chester Markle. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, where, where the kick got blocked and he caught it and took it in for a touchdown to win the game. You guys remember that? Oh, yeah. oh man. Yeah. yeah gotta, God, I wish yeah. I had it. I'd pull it up right now. My it's the new post game. Um, <laughs> yeah. It was it was long before any of us may have even been born, I believe. It was in the 80s, I think. No, it was in the 80s, if I remember right. Who was the guy we that little, had the. Uh, we were little pit squeak. Yeah. Who was the guy that had the club foot there, real quick and then we'll get out of here? Remember? He had the. Half a foot cut off. Uh, oh, he wasn't that yeah, was Steelers, Steelers yeah, or Raiders, Steelers or uh, uh, God. He literally had a the tip of his, his foot. It was just a half foot. The guy banged it every time. He Come held on, the record for me. the longest field yes. goal. Yes, for a long time. Well, how does nobody in the chat not know this? Come on, guys. All right. Anyways, that's your homework for next time. <laughs> that's how it is. Dempsey. Dempsey. Yes, Dempsey. Dude, I'm telling you, you, we get the best freaking listeners. Love it. Right Jeff on the money. And Jeff, both of them came up. All right. Jeffrey, yes. Saints. A, yes, for the bug. Saints. Okay. All right, guys. We're out of here. We've <laughs> rambled enough. Tim, thank you so much for hopping on with us. Jacob, dude, as always, man, you are you are the freaking man. Appreciate you bringing your insight, all your little nuggets. We could fill a whole show with just Jacob's notes, and it is <laughs> awesome for sure. Before we do get out of here, though, we got to appreciate this one more time, okay? I can't get enough of it. It ain't going to play, of course. <laughs> let's see here. We've got too much going on, man. I had a video I wanted to – let's see. Let's, let me let me drop this chat down. People on the pod are going, why am I even listening to this still? What am I doing here? Um, Say something smart, Jacob, something real uh, smart. Guys, as you'll notice up there, there's a QR code nowadays. So if you guys like this for whatever reason and you want to hear it on a podcast form, which there's a lot more content just similar to this, but just on uh, either Spotify, Apple – uh, gosh, any of them, just click this little QR code up there. It'll bring you to our, uh, our podcast network. You can hit subscribe and then that helps us out. You can never miss an episode, especially if you want to see it live and you can't, this is what you do when you're at work. Like I do and pretend like you're working, pop in your headphones and boom. There you Good. go. And I'm telling you, if you have never heard Packernet podcast by Ryan Schlipp, this oh. Packers podcasters, the gold standard, that is the gold standard. It really Absolutely. is. Uh, so Rodgers, who the only place he's going to take you to is the toilet bowl, and then you got Brett Favre, who will take you to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I hear you. I'm, I'm just saying, we're not going to talk about it. Oh, my God. Rodgers. <laughs> I can't get enough of it. I can't get enough hey. of it. <laughs> I, had, I had that guy times 100 sitting around me today at camp. Just no, That's all I got to say. Shout out to the casuals. That's all I got to say. <laughs> That's it. We're out of here. We're out of here. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. Everybody in the, in the chat on YouTube, Twitter, 
you guys and gals are absolutely awesome. Um, appreciate you taking the time, like I said, just to drop by. For those of you listening on the pod, thank you for making us a part of your day. As always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world. And go back go. The power sweep. Actually, it's the it's the lead play in our in our offense. Tell the tackle to take the defensive end if he's over him. If he's not, we drive down the first man who is inside. Pull back, we tell him to take the first man outside the offensive tackle. No one shows. He goes right by them and feels inside. If the YN has the linebacker taken out. Cuts inside. If the YN has the linebacker in, he comes all the way around. If you look at this play, what we're trying to get is a seal here and a seal here and try to run this play in the alley.